Welcome to the Jackie Service Show. I'm Jackie Service, where we are talking all things people strategy, entrepreneurship, and how hiring the right humans will unlock the next phase of growth in your business. As a former corporate VP of HR, my life completely shifted when I learned I had a brain tumor. From this moment forward, I knew that there was more. I dove headfirst into healing, mindset work, and spirituality. And from this space, my entrepreneur journey was born. Now I am a people strategist and founder of Serve Recruitment Agency, a boutique recruitment firm that helps scaling companies hire aligned leaders for growth. In this podcast, I'm going to share about my business journey, entrepreneurship, leadership, and how hiring the right humans unlocks massive potential. Welcome to the show. Are you confused about hiring? You're not alone. Majority of leaders struggle to figure out who they need, in what roles, and when, and how these people will have the greatest impact on the growth of their business. This is why we created People Strategy Sessions to do a deep dive into your business and help you build a clear roadmap on the talent you need to drive sustainable growth. We dive into your greater why, where you are today in your business, where you want to go in your business from a growth standpoint, and ultimately, who do you need to enable that growth overall? For more information, please send an email to Jackie at JackieService.com or feel free to reach out at JackieService across all platforms. Welcome back to another episode of the Jackie Service Show. Oh, this one's going to be fun. We're going to dive deep into the world of business and all things growth with my friend, Stacey Millard. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Jackie. It's a pleasure. I'm excited to dive in. I was on your show. Gosh, it's probably been about a month or two ago, and we'll definitely link up that show so people can find your podcast and the show that I did on your on yours as well. But I always love to like turn the tables around because now I get to ask the questions and we get to learn more about your journey of being a founder and what it's meant and how you got to where you are today. Isn't it fun, like being the host, though, when you get to ask all the questions, like I keep a notebook and I'm always like writing down all the. it's like getting coaching for free, like it's, all the little things. It's awesome, especially when you get to really call in the people you want to have the conversations with who are doing similar and different things to you. And there's always such takeaways. So completely agree. There's always some live coaching that happens on these podcasts. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So before we dive into your journey and your story, I always like to warm up with a couple rapid fire questions that just gets people to know you a little bit better. And frankly, me too, which is really cool. Amazing. Let's do it. I love it. Okay. Where, where were you born and raised? Brandon, Manitoba. Brandon, Manitoba. Don't they have a really good hockey team? Yeah. The Wheat Kings, they were pretty good when I was growing up. There we go. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I knew somebody else from Brandon, Manitoba. And that's what I remember was the hockey team, the Wheat Kings. Okay. And where is home now? Fort McMurray, Alberta. What took you to Fort Mac? Work, actually. It was uh, my husband and I moved up here. He wanted to work. I started an accounting firm and our two-year plan turned, uh, I think we're here almost 11 years now. Wow. Incredible. I always love how there's like different twists and turns as to where we land and how we land there. So I love that. 
All right. Next one is favorite book that you recommend to everybody. Oh my gosh. I did a podcast episode on this yesterday because there's so many, but if I had to pick one, it's called making money is killing your business. And it's really for the CEO, small business owner converting to CEO who wants to have that success in business that they're like, I don't know why I'm responsible for everything. And it's just kind of hard and it really gets you to that next level. Love it. Okay. I'm adding that one to the Amazon account as we hang up. That's awesome. I actually haven't heard of that one. It's also out of print. So you have to get it on Kindle. And also the author has this uh, resource library for how he puts things in business. I used it for my accounting firm when I had it incredible. So you can buy the resources. It's um, hands down one of my favorites, but I do not lend my copy to anybody because I did that once. And I had to like find a used copy for like $200 somewhere to like re-put it into my library. All right. I'm getting it on Kindle and I'm going to go check out the resource library. That's awesome. Cool. Cool. A mentor that you can look back on who fundamentally changed the direction of your life and business. Yeah. His name is John Close. Him and his wife own a business that did a lot of consulting, coaching, Um, They were in the John Maxwell world and he just had this level of a belief in me um, and a very quiet confidence in a stage of business that I wasn't quite feeling confident. And it was the most incredible mentorship I ever could have asked for. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for Mm -hmm. sharing. Now we get to learn a little bit more about Stacey and your story because there's been from an outsider looking in, there's been some growth edges, some changes, some evolution to who you have been as a founder in multiple different businesses over the course of running as an entrepreneur. Can you share a little bit more about your journey into entrepreneurship and what that has all looked like for you? Yeah, I came from a small town in Manitoba, two parents who had very classic corporate jobs. And I really thought I was just going to be an accountant have some stability, make some decent money, have a good family life. And that was going to be it. And my leap into entrepreneurship happened when I was really rubbing up against edges of not only understanding, I guess, the numbers of like what I was getting paid and what somebody was making. That wasn't the problem. It was more so what I wanted to accomplish, how I wanted to help clients. I felt like I was always rubbing up against like not being able to help them enough I didn't think the team was being treated right. And I'm like, I just, I feel like I could do this so much better. Like people really need help and I'm not being effective here and I'm not getting paid well. Like at least if I was getting paid really well, Mm -hmm. it would have been like, okay, maybe I'll stay. Um, So I jumped in literally in my basement. It was just me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this accounting thing. I'm going to help people. And one thing I'd love to share about that is the, this thing that made me the most successful was I understood my customer's pain points. So I understood People didn't understand taxes and I knew it and I could explain it in a way that it made sense or was easy to them. And because of that, I grew to a team of 10 um, Mm. in under seven years. We're doing over a million dollars a year in revenue, which is pretty big for an accounting firm because Mm -hmm. um, one person is still in charge of it all. And we just did some amazing things. We won awards, which you don't really hear your accountant winning business awards, but that was a testament to how we did business, how we help people, um, really started leaning into small business mentorship. And there came a point where 
the business was everything I wanted. I had like 12 weeks a year of holidays. I was making multiple six figures. My team was having impact. We had more referrals than I could want, but I still felt burnt out. It wasn't from a matter of like working too many hours. It was a misalignment. So in the CPA accounting world, I was responsible for everything that went through the office. So while I wanted to be using those numbers to really have impact and help people see success in their small businesses. Cause I saw too many failing and I'm like, Oh, this is why I like, if I could just get in front of you here, I am stuck to my desk doing taxes. And I really felt that burnout. There were days where mm. I just did not want to get off my couch. It was not, I wasn't working more than eight hours a day. It wasn't because I was working too much. It was just like this. I don't want to be doing this. And I realized I sat down, I said, okay, what would it take to make this business something that would feel good to me now? And it was so drastically different from what I had that I was like, I'm going to have to burn this whole business down. Well, I'm not going to do that. Somebody wants this business as it is. I just don't want it. I think somebody could do these customers a lot better justice. They, you know, somebody wants to run this and that's when I decided to sell. So I had a seven figure exit and then completely realigned. I took some time where I was like, I'm never touching taxes again. Mm -hmm. Um, realized that it wasn't so much about the taxes, but maybe more so about the container and like how the business was set up and some of the logistics of it. And so now we are back to having an accounting firm that I am not responsible for the taxes in, but really still serving clients well. And my role really is focusing on really using those numbers to rocket ship the success of a business. Mm. And because I'm like so passionate about small business on the side, my family and I run a company called Love Powered Co. We have affirmations and mindfulness products, and we are dedicated to changing the way children think about themselves at a very young mm. age and how emotionally resilient they are. So we use all my skills and all my kiddos skills to uh, run that company and increase our impact as well. Oh, I love it so much. I was wondering when the love, love, power co was going to come in. Cause I'm like, where, yeah. when did that come through? And there's so much of a Testament to I've, I have those cards. We've used those cards at home. They're absolutely incredible way. I have six-year-old twin girls. I know you have girls as well. Like it's such an incredible way to just co-create together and really manifest and speak into the language of developing confidence and resilience within, within children. So big fan. We will link everything up with love power code too. If you're a parent and you're listening to the show and you want some affirmation cards for your children, get yourself a copy. And, and I love how you've had a full circle moment, really similar to me. You know, you have yeah. a fundamental skill that you let's call it grew up with. Right. And that skill that you are so gifted in led you to burnout. And that burnout in a lot of ways, what I'm hearing, because I'm pulling parallels to my own story, created this pause moment where you're almost pushing away your greatest skill or your greatest gift. And you pushed away because it didn't feel good. It didn't feel in alignment. It felt heavy. I burnt out. My body literally physically broke down. Like there were so many reasons to kind of push it away. What pulled you back into, into tax or into accounting and wanting to do it again? What was it that kind of pulled you back into that full circle? It, for me, it was a desire to help. So I could really tell that 
I was not effective when I really wasn't showing up as my full self. Like it was almost like shunning that part of myself and saying like, I'm not going to do that anymore meant that I wasn't having the impact that I really honestly sold the accounting firm to have. I wanted to be helping people. And when I wasn't showing up using numbers, which is one of my skills and my, my gifts, um, I almost looked like everybody else. Right. So when we're, we're, we're kind of like not showing a part of ourselves, it's like, we're not shining. So nobody knew to come to me because they're like, okay, I'm not sure what you do. Like, I'm not sure what makes you special. Like, why do I need to work with you? And as soon as I owned that and owned like the numbers piece, actually, it's not even numbers for me, it's patterns. So I see that I see patterns in the numbers. It's almost like it paints a picture in my mind. I don't know how to explain that, but, um, when I owned that, I was like, every time I'd have a conversation with like a friend, they'd start in on something. And I'm like, Oh, like they're talking about numbers. Okay. I just, I'm going to help. I'm so good at this. And I'm like, explain it. And they're like, Oh my gosh, like, where did this part of Stacy come from? And so that happened a couple of times. And I realized like, okay, maybe I don't want what I had before, but in some form I have to use this. This is a gift. This is having impact. They're blown away because I'm having impact. And that's what I wanted for in the first place. So it it didn't just happen overnight. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm restarting an accounting firm today. It started out with like, okay, I'm I'm gonna talk about this more. And then I'm gonna, you know, share about this more. And it was a, it really a journey. But I think today is like, I think we're here again. Mm, I love that. I did the same thing in the people space. It felt so heavy for so long. And you know, I, I took a hiatus for, gosh, it was at least three or four years where I was not touching people. I was still business coaching. I was still an executive coach. I did a master's in executive coaching and thought that maybe that was the unlock for me. And what was interesting about every client I worked with is it kept coming back to people. And I'm sure there was aspects of that for you too, that things just kept coming back to the dollars and the cents and the money and the patterns that you see. I see patterns in people. I see the unlocks for people. I always talk about, I see it like a big puzzle piece and I see the missing links and all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, this type of skill set or these type of humans or this type of behavior is what's going to unlock the next phase for growth through the lens of people. And I'm sensing that you see it very similar through the, through the patterns of, of money. Yeah. It it's, almost like bar graphs in my head and then be like, well, why did this go up or why did this go down? Or why didn't we hit the target that we wanted? Um, the other skill set that I think is incredibly important in all that, whether it's talking about people or talking about numbers is like this ability almost to just like disconnect a little bit emotionally from our businesses. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and being able to use that. So then when you're receiving advice, like it just, you know, when I can coach somebody to receive advice and just be like, Oh, this isn't about me and my emotions. So using all those skills is just, is my superpower. That is what I am good at. And I, it almost felt like a coming home. Like I needed a rest, but it felt like a coming home when I could start using that again, to be like, here's the patterns and the numbers. Like this doesn't mean anything about you. Let's just make magic with your business. And now it's like, that's all history. (laughs) Mm, I love it. So today, if I'm hearing you correctly, you have now officially relaunched into the world of accounting. And one of the things I've seen a lot of you, and this is the language I would use, let me know if this is language that's aligned with you, but really being more of like a fractional CFO or somebody who can come in with executives or founders of company and help them paint their money story holistically. 
Yeah, we are not the accounting firm for somebody who just wants their taxes done. In fact, um, we don't offer services to anybody who doesn't want to make sense of the numbers and use them in their business. That means that we meet more often than once a year. And it is really about having success in your business. Um, So many times I meet with founders and they're like, oh, you know, it looks like it's going to be so hard. And like, I don't know about this. And then we meet and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so easy. Like I would have done this five years ago. That is what Mm -hmm. I want to change for people. Or we have mutual friends that I've met that like, you know, they're 10 years in business and they're like, well, at year seven, I finally started looking at my numbers Mm -hmm. and I had to look at them, took my head out of the sound sand and made changes. And all of a sudden everything changed. So the success that I see at year 10, it was like, well, they didn't even hit that until year eight, nine, when they finally started, you know, paying attention. And that is what I want to change for people. So we don't just do taxes. The taxes are kind of like the cherry on the on the cake where you don't have to, you know, find somebody else to do it. It's really about taking a look and getting clear on your objectives, where you're going, and then using that reporting, just like you'd never post on social media and not look at, you know, am I having impact? Am I converting clients? Are we increasing followers? Like whatever our goal is, like, is it working? Mm -hmm. Um, You'd never do that. So the same thing with making money, like how can we use these to really give you a clear picture of what's going on and then make some changes? I love that. Curious question for you. So I would say year, so I'm, I'm in year seven, let's call it of entrepreneur land. And I would say the first couple of years, the first couple of years, if I'm transparent, I wasn't making much money. So it wasn't hard to follow the numbers because the numbers weren't that complex and it was just solopreneur land. It was trading time for money. And I knew what my prop pricing was. And I knew what I was at the end of the day, what the outcome was for the client. And um, you know, it was a little bit of that stop and go, right. I could only offer so much cause it was my time and there was really a lack of scalability model. And then in the last, as I stepped back into the people space, you know, the money has gotten a little bit more complex. And now that we have technology involved and people involved, and there's different aspects of the, how the business is moving, I still see the numbers today on a monthly basis, but I can't say a couple of years ago, I was looking at them so holistically all the time. Curious question for you. What are some of the reasons when founders and CEOs come to you that they don't look at the numbers? Like what are some of the reasons that you hear? Hands down, it's that they don't understand them. So mm-hmm. they don't, they don't have that skill yet where they see you know, the trends or they don't see things moving within their business. All they see is literally a six, seven, eight, nine. And they're like, I don't know what this means. And so they doubt themselves. I think the other thing is, is that there's an undercurrent of fear of, I didn't do it right. I'm not enough. Like we have a lot of messages, I think just in general with finances right now, where it's like, you should be saving for retirement. You should also have generational wealth and you should do all these things. And we were never taught to get there or how to get there. Saving feels impossible. Um, especially as a business owner, it's like, now we've got all these things, decisions to make, like, do I scale this way? Do I, you know, pay for this or not? And it just becomes overwhelming. So like, I don't know, I'm just going to focus on selling. And if I can just sell, I'm sure that there's going to be money left over, but to be honest, that's rarely the case unless Mm. you have like a predisposition to saving the money, which also that could be detrimental as well. But unless you have that predisposition, then we're always kind of just chasing 
this elusive, you know, goal of having profit and financial freedom. And then what, when finally it gets like painful enough of like, I'm so tired of doing this, something has to give. That's when people are like, okay, fine. Like, let me, let us figure this out. Mm -hmm. But it's, the numbers are a skill, just like for you, human resources and using people is a skill that you developed over time or talking to a mechanic, like that's a skill or a massage therapist, like every one of those is a skill and you developed it over time. So I think it's kind of funny that people would assume that they should just understand money. Like we were never taught that. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should know it. Um, and then the other thing I always say is like, I'm not a doctor. Like my body is critically important for me to survive, but I'm not a doctor. I didn't go to school to understand my body. I know a bit about it, but ultimately I resource that. I hire help in that area and money is actually should be the exact same. It should be one of the first things you invest in instead of hoping that you get there. And then you're like, well, I'll hire somebody to manage my money. Once I get there, like the point of this fractional CFO is to help you get things in order. So you get there. Mm-hmm. Right. So so um, true. I think it's just that like, we think we have to do it ourselves. We don't know enough to do it. And then we're like, okay, I don't know how to do it. So I'm just going to do what I can do or what comes easy to me. Mm, that's so, I think, I think there's, there's so many points there that you just, that you just hit on. There's a big piece of it that I've seen in my own peer group as, as we've kind of, kind of grown up together in entrepreneurship is there's this, there's this perspective I see where it's like, we put our heads in the sand right? It's like, Oh, if I don't see it, then I don't really know what's going on out of fear of actually seeing what's going on. And I would say I didn't start to really scale and, you know, really start to see the business take off until I started to look at the numbers and not just look at the numbers, because to me, I can look at the numbers and I can say like, okay, cool. I made 500 K in revenue last year or whatever it was, but what does that mean? And what are the insights and where are we taking that data and actually implying that into the business to make different decisions and different unlocks for the future? And that to me is where having a partner in the space of money, who's going to help you think through some of those decisions is so critically important. And I'd love to get your sense of when you're you talked a lot about, Hey, I don't just want to do taxes and accounting anymore. I don't want to talk to you once a year because that's not going to create the results that, and the impact that I want to make in the world. How has stepping into the world of fractional CFO, having multiple touch points and pulling the insights out of the numbers helped your clients unlock the next growth phase for themselves? Oh, it's just incredible because the numbers keep you up at night, mm-hmm. right? Like it's like every time payday hits and you're like, I don't know if there's enough, it's just such a distraction. So first of all, all of a sudden you're like, Hey, the confidence that comes with knowing, like I've got enough money in the bank account. I know where we're going. I know how to make decisions. If an opportunity comes up, I can tell if it's a yes or no, that confidence just shows up everywhere. It shows up when you're talking to your people, because when you're worried about money, you're down your team's throat about like, did you do it efficiently? Like, did you make enough sales? Like you're, you're just on them about things. Um, I had a boss once who was always worried about toilet paper. I'm like, okay, but toilet paper is not going to make or break us. But that's the kind of thing that happens when you're not confident in your finances and you probably don't see it in yourself, but from the outside, you can very easily see it. So as soon as you start taking control, it's this level of peace that comes over them of like, okay, now I know what to do. I know what to be working on. I know when my next step is, when I can take it. If I hit this level, this is where it is. And also there's a sense of peace for us that comes with having a partner in your business. 
because I don't know about you, but I've heard the saying so many times, like small business is lonely. It's lonely at the top, all those. When you really have somebody who's there helping you try to like really 10 X your business or find that success, maybe it's more so about, you know, time freedom than money. But when you have somebody on your side that you can run things by that gets it at that level of like a CEO level, it's just a whole game changer of like, yeah, you're doing the right thing. And having that second opinion, you're like, okay, I'm right. Like mm-hmm. everybody craves that kind of mentorship. That's it. I love that. I love that so much. I'm curious for you when, when you think about investment in business. So one of the things that I'm so deeply connected to is I believe in helping businesses scale through bringing in the right resources and people. And for me, that doesn't always have to be full-time. That can be full-time, that can be fractional, that can be contractual. We can look at lots of different ways to kind of grow and scale over time. And one of the things I say to every CEO and founder that comes in and chats with me is, I'm highly mindful that when we look at the cost of goods sold and specifically within the people category, we never put you in a position that's going to bankrupt your business. So yes, we will take times of risk and we'll invest a little bit more heavily in people. And then there's going to be times where the continuity is important from a people standpoint. Using that as like a philosophy or an example, I'm curious to get your perspective around, maybe let's just use people as, as the metric as we're, as we're talking through this. Is there like a percentage that you like to stay or keep within, or how do you look at how much should a founder invest within people in order to kind of achieve their, their ultimate goals and skills? Oh, I love this. So first of all, I just have to say, I love that you approach it that way because a lot of, um, you know, people resource companies will really just tackle things in like, oh, you asked for this position, we'll find it for you where you're like, I really want to see your business succeed. And, um, I appreciate that because that's how I do business as well. But I, think that every business model is so unique and that is what's important. So we have businesses that we try to get great, I'll call it margins. That means we make a lot of money off of people. And that might be if we have, you know, an advantage against our competitors, we have access to people that others don't. And we're really making a like quite a bit off of each one. Um, There's other businesses where we know we're only going to make a small percent, but then we hire massive amounts of people to cover the bill. So it's very individual when I would be giving advice of like, here's what you should pay. And there's so many variables, right? Like there's also market, you know, what, what are people willing to work for you for? And how much is your customer willing to pay? Sometimes there is advice that I'm like, shouldn't be a line of business we're in because what people want to get paid and what your customer's willing to pay are almost the same price. Like we, we don't have any room to make money off of it, to cover your time, your effort, your risk, anything like that. So maybe this is something we don't do. Let's find something else that gets us there, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's very individual. Like let's look at, at what your model is and go from there. Yeah. I love that. I'm the same way. I always say that it's custom, custom road mapping and custom plans for everyone. And everyone has innate visions for their businesses and the direction that they want to go. And a lot of how I break things down is, you know, where are you today? Where do you want to go? And how do we use the bridge of people to unlock that? I hear you say something very similar, but how do we use the bridge of understanding your numbers and finances to actually unlock that as well? And they go so cohesively and hand in hand And I'm such a believer in just investment in general in my own well-being and putting myself in coaching programs and bringing in the right partners. 
I'm curious for you, when you think about the successes you've had as a founder, what has, what investments in yourself have unlocked kind of the next stages of growth for you? Oh, that's so fun. My very first investment was in high performance habits with Brendan Burchard. And I thought Mm -hmm. if I just did more, I was like, if I could just get more productivity out of myself, it's going to be so good. Um, It was a phenomenal program, but it was not actually about getting more productivity out of myself. It was, it was more confidence building. Um, The biggest change for me in business. And I think uh, we face this a couple years in, and maybe I can even see this in yourself is detaching from our business. So we scale this business. That is our name. Like for me, literally my name was on the wall and the change that I had to go through during a time period where I no longer wanted my name there, right. It needed to be about the people below me. If I was going to scale to the next level, I had to rely on them. I had to trust them. They had to be effective. They needed to make decisions And as a leader of the business where it was like, this is, uh, you know, this is my baby. I grew this. I created this. It was almost this like ego death. So for me, it was actually a lot of personal development and understanding my role with where I was responsible, but not really responsible. If that makes sense, really starting to show up as the CEO. And I don't think I can attribute it to any one thing. Brendan, definitely my, it, that was what started the waterfall, but, um, there was many things that went into that. It was a couple year evolution for me. And I could say just having known you for, we'll call it about two years now, um, brought us together originally was fast foundations mastermind in, in that room. Um, I can only imagine the tens of thousands of dollars you've invested to get to where you are today. I hear a lot of the times how timid people are to make investments in themselves and to make investments into whether it's a professional room, a personal room. I find quite frankly, all the rooms I go into have a blend of both. There's some strategy, there's some business and there's some personal growth or some woo woo sometimes, or some, some aspect of things like breath work or, you know, how, how it all kind of intersects at, at together. What what would you say to the person that's on the fence of making an investment? Like they know that they need to be in the room. They see everybody say like, Hey, get in the rooms, but they've never taken that first step. What would you say to that person? So I really think it's a journey. Um, I definitely invested in Brendan, but I think if I look back, I could have invested in just, you know, reading a book, listening to a podcast, growing myself, that dedication was probably like the one thing that made a difference is that I was just dedicated to learning. Mm -hmm. So that's where it started. And if you're not there where you're like, I don't have the funds for this, then start by getting yourself in free rooms. There's free networking groups. There's all sorts of stuff that you can do. And I like to make sure I have the financial, you know, runway to do it because I do think that there's sometimes a pressure Um, there was a group I was in a year ago where I watched a girl commit everything on a credit card. And she went into that room because we hear the pressure of like, get yourself in the room. But I think you can jump in too early as well, where Mm -hmm. you're like actually not ready for that stage in business. So asking one thing that made a difference for me was asking myself, like, am I outsourcing my success to this group? Am I like, this is what's going to make me successful? Or am I like, Am I, I'm really excited to be in here and see what I can learn from this container because that kind of gauges financially, emotionally, am I ready to be in this place? Mm-hmm. Right. So both ways, when you ask yourself that question, like I'm, you know, I need this to land me seven clients. Like 
that's probably not the space to be in. There's probably a cheaper way of doing it that you can have the success, like get yourself on LinkedIn, get yourself, you know, chamber of commerce or something. It's like so inexpensive. Go, go get yourself the clients you need to feel comfortable. So you can show up well when you join the room. Yeah. It's such a, such an important piece right there is, you know, I think, I think to your point, like there can be times where it's too early or in the room too early and really foundationalizing yourself and making sure that you're fully ready to go in and and play full out. And that Mm -hmm. there's not a, there's not something that you're placing on that room to get you. Like you're not expecting something to come out of it. The rooms that I've been able to play full out and are the ones that I felt most confident in being able to be like, okay, I'm here to take what's for me and leave the rest because there will be things that are for you. And there will be things that are not for you. And I would say that was probably one of the lessons I learned the first time I went into fast foundations, which was the first kind of online entrepreneurial mastermind I had been a part of back in 2019. There were so many ideas and I was drinking from a fire hose and I was a very good executional person that I just kept executing all of the things mm-hmm. and there was no traction. It was like spitting tires and mud. It just kept going and going and going until I realized, Hey, I actually don't need to take all of this and I can filter through what feels in alignment for me and what's, what does not. And, um, one of my mentors eventually told me like, Hey, what are your big three this year? And when he said that to me, I didn't really know what he meant. He said, pick three things. What are the big three that you want to go after this year? And we simplified it down to kind of three core things that I was looking to go do in the business. And then that became the filter for me around, hey, is this going to enhance one of those big kind of KPIs or big three um, pillars that I've set up for, out for myself? And if it is great, let's go and try it and play with it and test it. If it's not, it's okay to say, great. This is for somebody else in the room, but it's not for me. And that was a big evolution I had to work through too, as I've been in these rooms of learning and thinking that everything needs to come with me. Yeah. And I know you mentor with Dan Martell, right? I do. Yes. See, I think the other time where like, we can also be, you know, maybe making decisions ahead of our time or almost with like this fear-based energy. Mm -hmm. But then the other side of it is sometimes we're stuck And we're like, I don't know what to do next. And the best thing we could do is look at maybe the lifestyle a certain mentor is willing and trying to create for you. Because I know so many business owners who are a few years in and what they need, honestly, is to find a balance with their life. And I think that's something that I love that like Dan really, you know, Mm -hmm. teaches everybody, right? Is like, you're craving that, like, how do I fit this business into my life and the changes you make within the business to do that are like, are, are the ones that are the most incredible. That's how you scale. That's when it unlocks like, okay, we're going from, you know, under a million to whatever number we want to hit, but mm-hmm. that's, that's when you really figure it out. Mm, I love that so much. So, so much. So yeah. curious question for you. We're both moms and I know you've been in this world of raising incredible women, little, little babes, and also building your business at the same time. What are some of the lessons that your children have taught you about who you are as a human and therefore a CEO? Mm -hmm. So for context, my girls are five and seven. I'm right in the middle. I got six-year-olds smack dab in the middle of that. (laughs) Um, The biggest thing that I would have to say is I learned a lot about my nervous system and understanding my nervous system at um, one point in business. And 
the, not that they taught me, but that fundamentally changed my entire life as a mom, family, everything. So my business taught me a lot. They reflect back to me, but in the most subtle ways. So Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we think children are just like maybe acting out or they're doing things for whatever reason. But when I really started understanding that I set the energy as a mom, I set the temperature, doesn't matter how much I've tried to resist it. It's like, it's just a truth for my family. I set the temperature. Now I can see that they're actually telling me every single day where I'm at because Mm. really business. And then my family are like the two things in my life that mean the most to me. Mm -hmm. And so when I can tell that family life is off, I'm like, Oh, something must be off in business as well. I have to go back to the to-do list and clear it up. I have to go back to my people and figure things out. But when they are off, it's like, you don't really think like, Oh, my business is a mess, but it, it is. That is when I know, okay, I have to do something different here. Mm, that is that is profound. I love that. I'm actually going to start to look at that as as I move forward. It's it's a there's likely been an unconscious knowingness, but I don't know that I've ever pulled it to the conscious. So I yeah. love that you bring that forward for me too. But you come home from work, or you go to pick up, and so, let's say something you know didn't go the way you wanted to through the day, and I still like I take my deep breaths, I try to reset, but there is just a different level of energy that comes to then my evening. Mm -hmm. And if I answer, you know, a a work text, I'm letting my boundaries go. All of a sudden they start acting up and I'm like, you guys are great kids. What are you like? Why are you climbing the walls? And I'm wondering, well, they want my attention because I'm not giving them what they're used to. Right. So it's always those things when they act out, I'm like, oh, what did I do differently today? And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's usually something that happened or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay. I just got to go back and make some changes Mm -hmm. at work. Mm -hmm. Anyways. Curious question for you. You and I have talked about this live. I don't know if it was over coffee or dinner one day when we were actually in a room together. And we just talked about how we can have a lot of feelings when we have to leave our kids and our family behind to put ourselves into these opportunities to continue to expand and go to the next level. And I've watched you over the last multiple years, travel a ton, hop on planes and get yourself into rooms and put yourself into environments where you're surrounded by just different perspectives and different people. How has travel or how does travel support you and the family? And what are ways that you kind of set your family up for success as you go and do those, those investments within your business? Travel has actually been so amazing for me because it really gets me out of the routine and the monotonous. I crave routine. So don't get me wrong. I love coming back and I'm like, I can't wait to get back into my, what my daily routine, but I do love having a different view. I love having some of that alone time where it's like, I sit on a plane and I'm just like, okay, I can just focus and dive into business. And so I really actually love the balance A few things that we do is like, I connect with my kids every single day, no matter what. I don't care Mm -hmm. if it's like the best speaker in the world. If that's the only time I'm going to get a chance to talk to them, I connect with them, ask how their day is. They have routines that it's like, if I'm not the one still holding it down, you know, over the phone now, then my husband is, or my family is when they're being watched. So they still get some familiarity. And then they also have little pillows. So whenever I'm gone, they take a t-shirt of mine, they put it in their bed, they feel close, but Mm -hmm. their routines really ground things for them. And it gives me the ability to kind of like step away, get the refresh. And let me be clear, like my time away is never a, 
is never a vacation. Mm -hmm. I think I need to start adding on a day. I'm not there yet with feeling good about that, but it is like the minute I leave the house, every minute is filled and it actually fuels me. I'm like, okay, now it's go time, right? Mm -hmm. We're at home. I'm like, nope, work stops at four. That's non-negotiable. I don't work in the evenings. I don't work weekends. People look at that schedule and they're like, aren't you building a business? Like, don't you have to go, go, go? And I'm like, I don't care if I build it that like a little bit slower, if I get to enjoy the ride doing it. Mm. Um, That being said, I also don't think we have to build slowly just because we're not putting in as many hours. We're just a lot more intentional about what we do instead of wasting so much time. But it's it's the routines that that really hold us. Um, They have their routines at home. So even if I'm not the one doing it, they still have that level of like, they know what's what to expect and we still connect a lot. Mm, I love that. It's something that um, has been core to me, just even in my mindset and belief to realize that we talk a lot about dreaming big in our family and we talk a lot about having dreams and what are their dreams and, you know, just, just ideating together and, and some fun things that we want to go and co-create together. And one of the things that I just feel so deeply called to oftentimes when I'm feeling a bit guilty or emotional as I'm like leaving or walking out the door to hop on the next plane is I fundamentally believe that, you know, just telling my kids to dream big is not enough. I have to model that behavior and I have to show them what that looks like. And so last year was our first year where we actually brought the kids with us on our journey and they got to see firsthand some of the people I work with and they got to see firsthand some of the speaking gigs I was doing. And they just actually got to see mommy in, in her element as well. And the conversations have shifted since then to really understand that, you know, I'm not just on a laptop all day that I run a business and what it means to run a business. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I have this like deep belief that modeling the behavior is, is part of my role as mother in my, in my house, in my family. We talk a lot too about impact. So Mm. even for the number of years that I've had the accounting, had the accounting firm, or even now, um, I often will say to them like, oh, well, this is what I'm doing. And this is what those people do. And really just telling them like how that impacts the world. So it'll be like, we walk by and we see a sign for a business that I work with. And I'm like, Um, you know, maybe it's a daycare and I'm like, and they get to create this most amazing place for kids to go while their mummies and daddies are at work. And those kids get to feel loved because I help that business do something. And they can see how that impact kind of trickles down, which is funny now seeing them with love powered and how they want to change the world and be involved in that business. Now I like when you're saying that I'm like, oh yeah, I can see how, what I've done and what I've said to them. And those words have impacted them in Mm. how they show up. I love that. I love that. So Stacy, somebody's listening to this and they're realizing, oh heck, I'm not looking at my numbers holistically. I'm not, I've maybe been afraid of it. I put my head in the sand or I'm not really looking at the data and the insights into how I can grow to the next level. How can people reach you? What is the best way to reach out and start to have the conversations about if you guys are a good fit to work together? Yeah. Um, the best way to reach me is on Instagram or an email at hello at stacymillard.com. I am very traditional and just like, I like to have conversations. It's not about complicated systems. It's just like you and me, let's, let's fix your business, however you need it fixed. So that is the best way to reach me. Um, and if you're just interested in getting, you know, a little bit more peek into the numbers and the way my mind works before you reach out, you could always listen to the podcast, which is the school for small business. I love that podcast. I've been, I've been listening to it 
on repeat since we actually had an interview. I listened to my episode and then I went back and binge watch pretty much all your episodes because it's so fun to listen to other humans who have maybe, you know, had their own journey, but you find similarities in every story, which I love. And so if you're a small business owner, definitely check it out. It's one of my favorite podcasts to tune into. Stacey, we'll make sure that everything is linked up in the show notes so people get easy access to you and an easy way to find where you are. But I'm just so grateful for our friendship and also for you to be here and spend some time with us today. So thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, likewise, Jackie. It's such a, anytime we get to chat, it's such a pleasure. I love it. All right, guys, we'll see you again on the Jackie Server Show. Thank you for listening in to today's show. If there was a key message that landed with you, please share or send us a direct message on Instagram at Jackie Service and let us know. We love hearing from you. Also, to continue to keep this podcast growing, it would mean the world if you could take a minute and like and rate the show or share it with a friend. Our team is forever grateful. Until next time, we'll see you again on the Jackie Service Show.